You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The scripture today is taken from Mark 4, 31 through 38 in the Common English Bible. Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. But when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, he continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. Later that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took them in the boat just as he was. Other boats followed along. Gale force winds arose and waves crashed against the boat so that the boat was swamped. But Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. They woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, dear friends. It's a joy and a delight to be able to worship with you. Uh, This morning, those who are here in the sanctuary, as well as those uh, who are joining in online, I'm grateful for my friend Sarah and her time of renewal leave, which allows an opportunity for us to be able to worship together periodically during this time. So I'm grateful as well to uh, our previous lay leader, Gene Cross, and his leadership today as liturgist. I'm going to spend a little bit of time today uh, in that particular scripture that was just read for us, and I'd like to focus our attention on verse 38, which says that Jesus was sleeping in the hinder part of the boat. Will you pray with me? God forbid that I should glory in anything save your cross. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Amen. And Jesus was asleep on the hinder part of the boat. And if I had to tag this text today, a subject for us to remember is how to sleep through a storm. How to sleep through a storm. I lived in Mississippi for a while, pastoring in Jackson. A lot of my members uh, were from a place called Clinton, which was a little bit more rural area of Mississippi. And I I learned a story uh, about a farmhand, the Evans family. They were getting older in age, and they didn't have any children. 
And they had several acres of farmland that needed to be taken care of. And so as they began to uh, get up into their elderly ages, they knew that they needed to hire a farmhand. And so they did interviews. They interviewed three different people to come in and to talk to them about ways that they could be a farmhand and help to take care of their land. They interviewed one guy that had been a farmhand for over 20 years in Mississippi, and they liked him, but they weren't totally settled on him. They interviewed another guy who told them he had not only been a farmhand in Mississippi, but also in Tennessee and in Alabama. They liked him as well, but they weren't completely settled on him. The third person that they met, his name was Tony, and when they asked Tony what was his qualifications for it, uh, he said to them, I can sleep through a storm. They laughed. They didn't know why, but they felt so drawn to Tony. So they went on, and they hired Tony. Only two weeks into Tony being with the Evans family, an interesting thing happened. A storm came and took over their area. And when they went through this storm, it felt like a hurricane was coming their way. So the Evans got out of their beds because they were so worried Tony hadn't been properly trained yet and didn't know everything about the land. And they didn't want for their land to be ruined by this storm. And so they went to the door of where Tony was to rest and, and, and they knocked on the door and Tony didn't wake up. They knocked on the window around his bedroom and, and were yelling, Tony, Tony. But Tony still didn't wake up. And so they were very upset and, and confused. And then they said, I guess we're going to have to just do this thing ourselves. But the interesting thing happened. Here the Evans went around their land. When, when they got to their shutters, they found that all of the shutters were securely fastened. They found that there was already a good supply of logs for the fireplace. They found that the farm tools, all of their farm tools that they had were securely stored in the storage shed. They found that the bales of wheat were bound and they were already wrapped up. They found that their tractor was already parked in the garage. They found that the barn was locked. They found that all of the animals were well, were calm, and had food. And the Evans learned that all was well on their property. It was then that they understood better what Tony was talking about when he said, I can sleep through any storm. Because Tony was already prepared for whatever storm was going to come his way. And can I tell you today, my friends, that uh, Tony is not the first person that I know of that has slept through a storm. This particular pericope that was just read for us is about the fact that there was a storm that overtook the winds and the waves 
And Jesus was in the boat sleeping during a storm. It was very disturbing because you remember the story. They started out where Jesus says to the disciples, after a meeting with a crowd, Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side. And when Jesus fell asleep, the storm came. The Greek word that's used here is leilops, which means a whirlwind or hurricane. So this is not any ordinary storm, but this is a hurricane that is coming to take over over that area they were in. And they they was starting to fill the boat. And so the disciples began to panic. Like, what in the world is going on? We're having a storm and Jesus is sleeping. And so they went to Jesus and, and the Bible explains that they asked Jesus, do you not care that we might die? And Jesus, with Jesus's calm voice, looked back at them. He rebuked them and said, where is your faith? And I believe uh, Jesus wanted us to learn as well that there are times and seasons of our lives that even though there's a storm externally, we must have a calm internally. Danny Dubow says, there are some things that we learn on stormy seas that we will never learn on smooth, calm waters. And the old pastor of Metropolitan Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., Reverend Dr. Beecher Hicks, he talked about storms and the fact that all of us have storms. He coined a phrase that says, either you have just come out of a storm, you're in a storm right now, or you're headed to a storm in your life. Because all of us will have storms and trials and tribulations in our lives. Sometimes our storm may look like illness that has taken over a particular part of our bodies. Sometimes our storm will be a trouble or confusion within our families. Sometimes our storm will be not having enough resources to take care of everything that has been assigned to us. Sometimes our storm will be feeling all alone in this world. No matter what it is, we all have storms. And it's important that we learn how to fall asleep even through our storms. And so that question resounds today. How do you sleep through a storm? I'm glad you asked me today because I'd like to tell you three different reasons why. Number one, we can sleep through any storm that we face because we remember the presence of God in our lives. See, the disciples were, were worried and troubled because the storm was on the outside and the storm was trying to overtake the boat and, and the storm was there causing the winds and the waves to misbehave. And so the disciples were at a state of panic in their lives and they were thinking about the fact that the storm was there in their lives, but they forgot the fact that Jesus was also present in their lives. And can I tell you that when Jesus is present in our lives, there is a big shift that happens for us, even though there are storms and there are trials and tribulations that we will face, Jesus changes the composure of our storms. 
We have to always remember that when God is present in our lives, there's something fundamentally different about our lives. God never said that we wouldn't have trial or tribulation, that we wouldn't have sickness or pain. But what God did say is, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. And so we must remember that God is with us. And when God is with us, we have miracle signs and wonders in our lives like the disciples had with this storm. But when we look back over our biblical history, we know that people that are connected to God have special blessings on their lives. People who are connected to God don't die in the wilderness. People who are connected to God can stand still while the hungry mouths of lions are held shut. People connected to God are not consumed even when the fire is seven times hotter than normal. People who are connected to God can survive even in the belly of a fish or whale. People who are connected to God can't give up because it's like fire shut up in their bones. People who are connected to God are given clean hearts and renewed with right spirits. People who are connected to God declare, though they are slain, yet will they serve God. People who are connected to God can be released from imprisonment while engaged in praise and worship. People who are connected to God rise up from a deadly state at the cries of their sisters. People who are connected to God may be knocked down by the enemy and circumstances of life, but they rise again on the third day. Can I tell you, the reason that you and I are still here, we're here in the sanctuary, we're here to praise, we're here online, is because we are connected to God. And God is with us every step of the way. One of my favorite hymns says, O thou in whose presence our souls take delight, on whom in affliction we call, our comfort by day, our song in the night, our hope, our salvation, our all. Number one, we remember the presence of God in our lives. But number two, we have to also remember the purpose that God has for us. Remember, at the beginning of this pericope, Jesus says to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. The same particular gospel is also recorded by Luke. And in Luke's gospel, it says, let us go over to the other side. And I want you to know that whenever God gives a destination, God prepares the path to make it possible. Sometimes we may look at situations and if we don't know every single step, we're not confident to step out and to do it. But Dr. Martin Luther King says you must take the next step even when you don't see the staircase. Theologians call the concept the impassibility of God. The impassibility of God is when when you have a situation where there are things that are governed by universal or scientific laws that can't be explained because God is not governed by the same thing. That's why the storm wasn't a challenge to Jesus. The storm was a challenge to the disciples, of course, but it was not a challenge to God because God, while God created time, God is not governed by time. While God created winds and waves, God is not governed by winds and waves. While God allows trials to come, God is not governed or confined by our troubles. God is always in control. 
And when God gives God's word to us, God's word will be fulfilled in our lives. There's no person or circumstance, no illness or problem, no law or situation that can block us getting to whatever our other side is. When Jesus says, let's go, Jesus prepares a way for you to get there. Whatever God has said for you to do or for God has said for you to be in your life, I want you to know that God has already prepared a path for you to get there. God will send the support you need. God will send the monies that you need. God will send all that you need to make sure that whatever God's will and purpose for your life is taken care of. I'm going to give you another Methodist hymn today. Be not dismayed. Whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. So number one, we remember the presence of God in our lives. Number two, we remember the, pre- the, the, excuse me, the purpose of God in our lives. But number three, we must always remember the power of God. And one thing we know about our God, our God loved us so much. John 3, 16 says that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so Jesus comes to earth, but Jesus is not just an ordinary man. Jesus is the only one that is 100% human and 100% divine. And here Jesus is out on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is a basin about 700 feet below sea level. The Sea of Galilee is surrounded by mountains. And I want you to understand that storms were common in the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus shows us how Jesus is both human and divine. In his human state, he had to take a nap. In his divine state, he spoke to the winds and they obeyed him. And can I show you something very important here as well, especially in this Lenten season, it is the power of God moving them away from a crowd. Because Jesus could always draw a crowd, but it really takes power and control to be able to leave a crowd. And can I say in this Lenten season, that's where God is calling us to. God wants us to be able to go out and to bring others into the the fold, to bring others into the body of Christ. But also in this Lenten season and beyond, God is calling us to places where we are not with the crowd. At times in our lives, we have to steal away and be led by the still waters. We have to have quiet times and quiet moments where it's just us and God. And so Jesus frequently left the crowd to go to the hills and to pray. He left the crowds to be able to go and to minister to one or two because what God wanted for God's people is to be able to be refueled in order to go back and to handle the cares, the concerns, and the storms of our lives. And so I ask you today, can you leave the crowd to be refueled? Can you leave the crowd and what's popular and what has been comfortable in your life just to be close to Jesus? I want you to understand what happened when he left the crowd, 
When the disciples are away from the crowd, what happens is there's a shift in circumstances. See, the disciples went to Jesus because they were panicking about all that was happening on the storms and all of the things that were happening externally. And and, and instead of Jesus engaging in their external panic, Jesus gave them an internal calm. See, God doesn't share in our panic. But what God does is God comforts us in those moments of panic with God's calm. And so I encourage you and I even challenge you today that instead of trying to communicate our panic to God, we should allow God to communicate God's calm to us. I read something on Facebook the other day that says, don't tell God how big your problem is, but tell your problem how big your God is. And I want you to see in this text that Jesus spoke and everything shifted. And what the disciples had to say after that is, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? And I want to tell you what kind of man he is. He's the kind of man that we should model our lives after, always remembering the presence of God, always holding on to the fact that we're following after the purpose of God and knowing that we don't have to have all the power, but our storms will be handled by the power of God. My friends, that's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.